I can bring you in warm, or I can bring you in cold. I like those odds. Hey everyone, you're listening to the Mandalorian Podcast brought to you by Empire Radio. I'm Drew. I'm Jeremiah. And I'm Andrew. We are back, you guys. Yay. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is my first this is my first Mandalorian like I, uh, a, a well, Mandalorian episode as a as like a part of the podcast. Yes. Yeah. What so, a time to be alive. Yeah. For sure. For sure. So if you guys are not aware of Empire Radio, that is our other, like our flagship show. And so go check that out. That's a weekly podcast just about Star Wars and everything Star Wars and fun stuff over there. So go check that out. We also just wrapped up the final season of Clone Wars. And so you can go check out all that out at Clone Wars Saved. But this is about Mandalorian, everything about the Mandalorian. And so we are going to dive into that documentary series that just got dropped on May 4th. Yeah, yeah. So episode one is directors. So if I'm not mistaken, every episode is going to be a different category of what they're going to kind of highlight and go over as a panel of directors. Is that pretty much what it is? Yeah. I believe Um, so, yeah. I, I I think I mean there will be a roundtable discussion, but I do know that um, there's like in the trailer one of the episodes has the cast, and so mm-hmm. like I don't know if it'll be the directors all the time. Oh, gotcha, cool, yeah. So, so this one was just the directors, and it was really cool. Like in before we dive like really into it, we're not gonna do like scene by scene because that's not really a thing. We're just kind of kind of give you guys our overall thoughts, our overall. Uh, excitement about what they did and what they're going to do and all that fun stuff so sit back relax and dive in with us so i don't know how you guys want to start this um well what are your your overall thoughts from what you know the reflections on directing yeah because like Um, i was really impressed with Cause like, I don't, I don't know directors. Like I know like names of like Steven Spielberg and some of these other big name directors. Yeah, but for but, sure. Like, and you know, even though directing is like a major thing that can like make or break a movie or a TV series, it's not something we really think about. And so it's hard for me, it was hard for me to like, you know, care about who the directors were, but you know, hearing them, individually about like we you know what they brought to the table some of their backstory uh yeah. was was very interesting and it was it was affirming that you know lucasfilm they knew how to hire the directors for this show and it worked out really well yeah um just a quick note um i just found that the upcoming the next three episodes actually um the you know, I'm not going to say spoilers, but 
Now's the <laughs> spoiler. If you really don't want to know the name of the episodes, like skip ahead like 15 or 20 seconds. But uh, the next one is called Legacy, and it says the team behind the Mandalorian examines the profound impact of George Lucas's Star Wars. Um, after that episode, oh. episode three is going to be cast. Um, that's going to be Pedro Pascal, Gina Carano, um, Carl Weathers. Um, they're going to be discussing the making of the Mandalorian from their point of view. So, um, and then after that, it's called Technology. So, episode four will be Technology. And that is, um, it says Favreau and team reveal how a new filmmaking technology was used to bring the Mandalorian to life, which I'm really excited about that episode because I know what technology they're talking about. Yeah, definitely. It's the the LED screens and everything. Um, that 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 has has been mind blowing to me to watch how that has affected um, sets. It's just. It, it looks incredible. Um, but there is a thumbnail from an episode, uh, the cast episode, where it is the three cast members, but then um, Dave Filoni and John Favreau are going to be a part of that discussion as well. So I think I think they're going to be, I think they'll be the two kind of constant personalities gotcha. um, throughout the whole deal. So yeah, I but yeah, my thoughts on the episode... Um, I dude, I nerd out on stuff like this. Um, I love documentaries. I love behind the scenes stuff. I've mentioned it before. Like the Star Wars Empire of Dreams documentary is like one of my favorite documentaries of all time. I read um, the the autobiography IMC three PO by Anthony Daniels. I loved that um, because almost as much as I love movies, I love the process of making movies because um, it's very, I mean, it's in the same vein as being a musician, the, the creative aspects and, and the, the need for vision and the need to execute it in a certain way. And while I have absolutely no talent when it comes to like <laughs> directing and filmmaking, like um, I, I, I know how to edit videos. I do videos for my Instagram and stuff like that. But like, um, this is a completely different league. And so while I have no talent whatsoever and, and I don't really have a good perspective on um, kind of everything that it takes, I, I respect it a great deal. And so I'm going, you're probably going to hear me nerd out quite a bit while we're talking about this stuff, but um, well, I, it's I Star it. Wars. So it's by definition nerding out. So that's yeah, true. For real. <laughs> yeah. You, you should know we're going to be nerdy down on everything. So, right. Yeah. It's okay. I mean, we forgive you, Andrew. We'll forgive I, you. I appreciate it. I really <laughs> liked that they, um, they started the series with the directors and then they gave each one of them, um, a little bit of a feature, you know? Um, and so you've got the directors, Dave Filoni, who, um, he directed, um, chapter one, the Mandalorian and chapter five, um, the gunsl- the gunslinger. And then mm-hmm. you have um, Deborah Chow, who she directed Chapter 3, The Sin, and Chapter 7, The Reckoning. And then you have Bryce Dallas Howard, who I think is, on a quick note, I think it's super cool that she's doing directing because she was, she was Gwen Stacy in Spider-Man 3, the Sammy Raimi Spider-Man movie. Wait, that was her? Yeah. Yeah, dude. 
Mm-hmm. And of course she was in Jurassic oh, World. The Jurassic World I didn't movies. even I never even knew that. Yeah, and yeah, she's dude. a main girl in Jurassic World. Well, I know the Jurassic yeah. World, but so she um <laughs> she directed chapter four of the sanctuary or sanctuary, excuse me. Um, Which is granted it is the one episode that kind of feels a little separated from all of them, but it was a really well, good episode. But they specifically touched on that on why they had her yeah do this episode so makes sense yeah i mean i I loved it but then we have rick uh famuyua and he i I apologize if i butchered that i'm just going on initial pronunciations but um he chat uh tackled chapter two the child and chapter six the prisoner um and then last but surely not least we have taika waititi um and he directed the the se- the season finale redemption yep. yeah so it was really cool to see to hear a little bit about their backstories like the fact that um, Dave Filoni like kind of almost didn't get the job for Clone Wars <laughs> yeah that was a funny story yeah like, I love that they highlighted that story yeah I loved it's, it it's like you know nowadays you know you can verify a message from an account from a famous person because it has a blue check mark. Like, you know, it's them, but like, right back, back in the day when they were doing Clone Wars, like, you know, you could get a phone call or an email from someone and you're like, Oh, this is a joke. Like, I don't believe it. Like, like if one of you guys got like a phone call from Dave Floney, like, Hey, do you want to help do a Mandalorian episode? You wouldn't believe it. <laughs> oh, heck no. Yeah. And and it wasn't really like it was in his field, but not in the same. Yeah. So he was also thought it was a joke. And I love that he thought it was a joke from SpongeBob people <laughs> because he was working on The Last Airbender, which I totally forgot that he did The Last Airbender. Yeah, I did too. And I'm like, dude, I love The Last Airbender. Yeah. I think it's amazing. And I'm so excited that like next month it goes on. Or this month. Netflix or this month. Yeah, it goes on Netflix and I'm going to binge it. Even though I have it all, I'm going to still right. binge it. And I just like totally forgot all about that. And I'm just like, oh, he's Dave Filoni is just like Star Wars and yep. itself. And hashtag give it to Dave, right? Give it to Dave. Hashtag give yeah. it to Dave. So well, I loved um, I love seeing just so much more of like how much of a fan he was too. Yeah. Which I, I love, I mean, you know, it, it's so nice. I think one of the, one of the things that stood out to me was they, they really picked great directors and they picked people who, you know, there was a Bryce Dallas Howard um, at one point. She was talking about the weight of the responsibility because she was like, you know, when you're directing something like this, um, you have the responsibility of touching something that means a lot to the fans. And she was like, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, she, she was talking about how she felt the weight of not wanting to mess that up. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I think that there's not, the, there wasn't the same amount of pressure on these directors. Um, or the same, I'll take that back, the same type of pressure as those on the trilogy, the sequel trilogy films. Um, And that was because, of course, The Mandalorian, it's a TV show, it's a smaller scale project compared to like, you know, The Rise of Skywalker, which is a multi-million dollar production. 
um, and you know, there's massive sets and stuff like that. You know, TV is, is always, um, normally a smaller job. And so, um, at least in terms of scope and, and so I don't think they had the same type of pressure to make something that the fans want, but then also make something that like is going to sell merch, you know, and like, you know, make money in the box office and all that stuff. Um, and so I think they had more time to breathe and then to make a product that they genuinely, you know, believed the fans were going to like. And then we did. Like, this is a this is an example. And I think episode by episode of this documentary series, we're going we're gonna to b- learn even more how this is an example of getting things right. Like, yeah. They yeah, got it right, I feel. You know? I feel like they had a lot of pressure, honestly. Like because, like, this is what George wanted to do a while ago. He wanted to make a live action Star Wars show. And, oh, well, sure. And I just not... felt like he ha- they had a lot of responsibility, and like they were kind of nervous. I feel like I would be super nervous. Because oh, well, sure. If they mess this up, they're missing up a lot of people in the future's jobs too, because. They're gonna base out the performance of this one. They're the first one, and they're gonna base off their performance off this. And if they mess this up, then other people could potentially not have a job too. So I, I, I feel like they had a lot of pressure. Oh, and the- honest, honestly, they nailed it more than any any Star Wars that Disney has put out besides Clone Wars and Rebels. Yeah, I and and I wasn't saying that they didn't have pressure. I was saying that the pressure was a different. It was different, different. because felt this, different. It, well, it it because this wasn't you know a, a, a movie in the series, the Skywalker saga series. You know, this was its own thing. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I don't know. I feel like I feel like there was just so much more pressure on people like J.J. Abrams who are like caught in between. Like he got the the rise of Skywalker, and all of a sudden he's he's got to make something that pleases fans. But then that that is geared to make money, because you know those films are going to make way more money than the te- the television stuff will, right? Um, but they but like I said, um, they did have a lot of pressure on them, and I think that was the, one of the most um, I think eye opening things for me as I was watching this first episode to to kind of get a glimpse of what a director has to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, and the scope and the vision they have to have, um, it's honestly incredible. It's incredible to me. And it takes, it takes a very specific type of person to do it well. Like I I can't, I would not be able to do it. I don't have the scope, like the, the 30,000 foot view scope to be able to do stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, and kind of be attentive the way that they can. Yeah. Cause when you're directing, it's. Because like when we're watching a TV show or a movie, like every camera angle, every change to a different camera, everything that transits into something new, it's because the director said, this is how I want it. And so like every movement that a person makes, walking in whatever direction with whatever look on their face, like a lot of that is, you know, told by the director. Yeah, each, you know, actor, actress, you know, they get to put their own flair into a performance. But, you know, like there was a scene in the with uh how the Bryce was like uh 
she was outside the little hut or whatever and like all right you're gonna pull up your blaster you're gonna look oh yeah and like Mm -hmm. she she was you know showing you know pedro pascal like this is what i want you to do so he had to do that and so like she's literally saying scene by scene how everything plays out like and so she has a whole episode planned out in her head and what she wants it to look like and everyone has to trust her yeah i was watching this with my my wife and i was like how do directors see that see it at a finished product yeah Yeah. like i i don't have that mindset like i can't visually see like this room that has like it's half of it's green the other half is blue and then like (laughs) you know what i mean like it's not that thing and somehow they're able to make make that end result look so realistic and i love the editing of this docuseries that like they're going from like what it looked like to the director to what it looked like when we visually saw it at the end and they're kept like showing us like scenes of like the ship flying and like him in the cockpit of the ship and you're like all right turn left turn right and like it just it made it seem like i like that they showed it broken and fixed broken and fixed it just it just like for me though i'm like how i can't see that as a reality and like making the set and stuff like that it's really cool and like it it makes you appreciate it a lot more it makes you appreciate like what they can actually do yeah Yeah. and and it was one of the one thing that stood out to me was one thing it, it was something that i hadn't really ever I don't know if I'd ever thought about as deeply as I did while I was watching this, but the the nuances of the personality of the director that comes that come through as they direct something, um, and you know you have your obvious things like you have your Spielbergs, you know who have mm-hmm. a specific style. Um, you have your Wes Andersons. You have you know all of these people that are kind of known for their own style, but. Um, I think this kind of opened my eyes even more to how much of that was actually directly based on the director because I don't know if I ever connected that Taika Waititi um, directed the final episode, but the humor in that episode, yeah, yep. when, when I made that connection, I was like, Oh my gosh, that's Mm -hmm. so like, it immediately made sense because it's his brand of humor it's subtle, you know, it's not like in your face, like gag jokes, but like, oh man, it, it made a ton of sense. And then of course it makes sense that Bryce Dallas Howard had the sanctuary episode that was a little bit more emotional um, because she was able to, to direct those, you know, those are more emotional kind of, you know, your connection based scenes. Cause like all the other episodes, I mean, that's kind of the only one, you know, that's kind of the only one where you see a little bit more of like, the emotional sides of side of things from a multitude of different characters, you know, cause you got this village of yeah. people. And so I thought it was, I thought it was super cool. Um, the way that they broke that down and it was very eye opening to me. Um, and it made, it made me appreciate the work that the, the directors do even more. And it was also even cooler to see that even with multiple different directors, cause they, I mean, you guys know, they, they touched on how, like this was something they had never done before with you know with working diff- with different directors they were on set um, while each you know the other directors were directing and they were getting ideas and asking questions and all that stuff 
And so it's even crazier to me that all the episodes had that personality from the directors, but then they were all one single story and, and they held their continuity. So there wasn't anything drastic. Like I, none of the humor that Taika Waititi gave to the final episode seemed out of place to me. None of it. Correct. Did. No. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so I thought that was even cool that even though they were a team of, you know, what, five, five different directors, um, you know, they, they did something that felt like one single story. And I like that a lot. It's six, isn't it? Six. With John Favreau overseeing it all. Dave, Deborah, Bryce, Rick, Tyka. I thought it was, I think it's John. Five. John. Did he? I don't think he directed any, though. He, he didn't just, direct, but he was overseeing it all. Yeah, like he was he, the showrunner. He had, he had like, yeah. Well, he exactly produced it. Everything. Produced it, didn't he? Yeah, he wrote everything, and then he's—I can't remember all the yeah. aspects of it. But you know, it was—it was interesting because, like, I didn't realize this, but when I was watching it, like, uh, all the directors were there for every episode. It seemed like because mm-hmm. there were, you know, there were scenes when you know that was featuring you know a specific director. Like the other director, you'd see one or two of the other directors there with them, and so that shows how much more care that they had with creating the show that to create one fluid story, you know, they were all there observing and watching and seeing what everyone else did so that that would aid their, their part, their yeah. episode. Right. Yeah. So they could get the same feel, even though they would have their own personality into it. Yeah. And so that's, that's affirming that like, cause you know, they could have just, you know, had someone just come for their, you know, few weeks or whatever it was for their episode and not be connected. But, it shows the care that, you know, John Favreau and Dave Filoni and them had. But, okay, everyone's going to be here for the whole process so that we can make it even better. And I really appreciate that. Yeah, they wanted yeah. to make sure they didn't, like, mess up or change the story at all, which I love that part. Oh, they, and, and they are pro- Yeah, and they're bouncing off ideas off each other the whole time, too. So, like, it's... Like, they all directed their own, and they're all in charge of one episode. But I feel like they all still did it all together, which I love that. And, like, I love that. Like, you could tell, like, when they're in that meeting and they're all sitting together, like, you can tell that they weren't – they all had genuine love for each other and each other's work. And they're all, like, just love that they were in that room together and they were talking about – like, none of them seemed fake or mad at each other or anything like that. Like, it just seemed like a – like, uh, what's his name said? I forget who said it. One of them was like, you guys were all here. Like, we're like the Magnificent Seven. Like, we're a group together. A band of misfits uh, together directing this show. And it, sure. it was really cool. And it was really cool to see, like, highlights of, like, what they did in the past and how they transferred it to their episode of The, the Mandalorian. Right. And, like, to show, like, like you were saying, Andrew, like, Tiger TDs, like, that was, like, once they showed us, it's like glass shatter. Like, oh yeah, that humor when like the the clones or the um, stormtroopers were shooting and they couldn't hit anything. Like that was still like that made you feel like you're also kind of watching like previous stuff that Taika Waititi has done, like Thor Ragnarok. Like that movie is such a good Thor movie. It's a funny yeah. movie. 
for a Thor movie, and it's like not really Thor. But honestly, up until that version of Thor, I did not like Thor at all. But that version of Thor, I loved, and so like I just like the way that they all took their own like twist to it and stuff like that. And I like the Jawa episode, still one of my favorite episodes, episode two, the child, and like I love that there he was going into detail about why he. He loved talking to the Jawa actors and like all that stuff. Yeah. I just loved it. It was super cool. Yeah, and it makes it makes me really excited to know that Taika is going to be directing a new movie. Yes, allegedly. Well, it's, I mean, uh, it's, it's confirmed. It's, me really it's confirmed, but who knows if it's actually gonna do anything? But so it also really made me want to go watch um, what we do in the shadows which I had never heard of. I guess it's a TV series, but it's supposed to be super, super funny. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know anything about it, but from what we saw, I kind of want to watch Robot. Mr. Robot? Sh- yeah, Mr. Robot. Oh, yeah. I it's heard on, that was a, super good. I haven't seen it. It's on USA Network, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, I kind of wanted to watch it because I'm like, well, I like that actor, and I I didn't know much about it, and like she was talking about how what's the name of that director? Um, Chow Deborah Chow. Yeah, Deborah Chow. She was talking about how like she was super into sci-fi and super into Star Wars, and that's why she wanted yeah. to do this, and like it just showed that they all had passion for Star Wars too and stuff like that. It was it was really cool. It so I thought it was. <laughs> Did anyone get the vibe that? Take away TT, like he talks and sounds like Captain Jack Sparrow. Yep. I was literally <laughs> going to say that. I'm like, dude, <laughs> he acts like Jack, like Jack Sparrow. Like, it's so funny. Like, he's just, yeah, I guess I could see that. <laughs> I was like, he's a character in himself. Like, this is if Jack Sparrow was sober and a movie director. This is what yeah. it would be. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. Or, I mean, who's to say that he was sober? We don't know, but. Oh, yeah, yeah we don't know. But it, it, he's just a really funny dude, and but he's really good at what his vision. He's an artist, like that's the definition of like a yeah. hardcore oh, artist. Yeah. It's oh, like yeah. that kind of character, and it shows. And it, I mean, it should, the ending of Mandalorian like was amazing. So yeah, I'm just I I honestly for season two, do we know if any of these directors are back yep. or I was just gonna bring that up. So uh on well, I'm looking on Wikipedia, so you can take it with a grain of salt, but mm-hmm. it sure. says that the listed directors will be the uh the Famu Famuia, whatever his name was. Oh yeah, Rick. Rick. Yeah, we'll go Rick. Rick, John yeah. Favreau, Dave Floney. Uh, Peyton Reed, which I'm looking at his movie list, and he's directed uh, the first two Ant-Man movies. Oh, really? Yep, and he is also going to be directing the third Ant-Man movie. Oh, cool. Um, then Robert Rodriguez. Uh, let me see what movies he's done. If I can find. So he... He's been around for a while, but he's did like recent movies. He did Alita Battle Angel. Oh yeah. Which was a great movie. Um Spy Kids, 
adventure of Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Oh, okay. <laughs> he also did the Sin City movies. Oh, okay. The 2010 Predators movie. Hmm. Um, so there's yeah, he's, that. He's had quite a few. He's had quite a bit of stuff under his belt. And then, interestingly, Carl Weathers will be directing an episode. Yeah. That, that's I a rumor, really though. hope that he there's like a boxing match or something in an episode. Mm-hmm. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah, that would be cool. So do you guys think that they're going to keep switching all the directors for every season? I don't know. Because none I of mean, these are the old directors, right? Well, Rick Famuyua, he, he's returning. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Dave Floney. Well, yes. Yeah, John Favreau hasn't didn't directed anything, but he will in this he, one. Oh, he is. Yeah. So that's exciting. Yeah, I love John Favreau. He's. Uh... Yeah, I mean, and yeah. honestly, if they do the next season, any anywhere close to this season, we're gonna be fine. It's gonna be great. Oh yeah, no, they can't. There, there's too much. Uh, the child is such a big thing in the world right now. Like they're not, they'll be fine. They'll make sure they don't mess it up. As long as they don't mess up the rumored Ahsoka Tano, I'll be happy. What do yeah. you mean mess up the rumor? Like it's a rumor that Ahsoka is going to be in it. And I hope if she is in it, they don't mess her up. Oh, I thought you were saying if they don't mess up the rumor, as in like, let's let it be a rumor and don't actually give us Ahsoka. Cause you don't want them to mess her up. That too. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I hope we get Ahsoka, but yeah. Yeah, I just love, I, I love, like I said earlier, I just love the way they like showed us. Like that documentary was 32 minutes long. Um, It was longer than the last episode of Clone Wars. Um, <laughs> just so you guys know. But it, it felt like, it felt like it was, the perfect amount of time for what they gave us. Like as a documentary, sometimes like they could be draggy or, or too fast. Like it, it felt good. Like I felt like I learned a lot. I it made me appreciate those episodes a lot more. And I don't know. It was good. I really enjoyed this first episode and I'm excited yeah. to see everything else that comes out. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was great. Well, any last thoughts? Um, just so you guys are aware, it's the Mandalorian. This this like series is kind of going to just be us talking like this. It's not going to be super like we're not. There's no scene by scene like t- talk. It's just going to be our voice and opinion about it. We're just going to give you guys some content. Like the episodes aren't going to be three to four hours long or an hour long even. Like they're going to be quicker episodes of podcast listening just to to show that like. We care enough about the show to put it on our platform for you guys and like get you guys um, interested and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, any last thoughts? Yeah, I think that everyone listening t- to this should go listen to the Clone Wars Save podcast brought to you by Empire Radio. And yes. Empire Radio brought to you by Empire Radio. <laughs> yes. uh, because there's so much more Star Wars content that we're putting out um, under the Empire Radio banner, and um, it's really good. It's been really fun to make, and so you're gonna wanna you're gonna wanna go check it out. So that's what I think. Agreed. Also, 
Before we end, y'all, we need to talk about the sponsor for today's episode. Yep. Yep. Go hit it. All right. So let me let me paint a picture for all of our listeners. All right. You're sitting down. You're watching The Mandalorian or, you know, Disney Gallery, The Mandalorian, whatever you want to watch. It's Star Wars related, but it's probably The Mandalorian. And you're rewatching it, and then you stop your episode, and you go listen to The Mandalorian podcast, and you listen to the commentary again. You're just having a great time. And then you finish everything, and you realize, man, I needed a refreshment the whole time, and I didn't do it. I, it was a bad decision. I didn't do it. Next time, tomorrow when I wake up and I do this all over again, I'm going to do something differently. What are you going to reach for? It's not going to be Gatorade. Unfortunately, blue milk doesn't exist naturally in this universe. Well, I mean, let's try Galaxy's Edge, but, you know. That's not all of us have that ability right now. But one thing you can make that's super refreshing, both hot and cold, mind you, is coffee. And it's one of my favorite things to enjoy when I'm enjoying Star Wars content. And it just so happens that the sponsor for today's episode is Wesley Andrews Coffee and Tea. So you're in luck. If you're looking for a refreshment for the next time you're enjoying Star Wars, you're in luck. Let's hear a quick word from our sponsor. Hey everyone, Andrew here. I'm pleased to tell you that the sponsor for today's episode is Wesley Andrews Coffee and Tea. If you don't know anything about Wesley Andrews, you definitely should. They're an award-winning coffee roaster and shop in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and they make fantastic coffee. The awesome thing is that they have a subscription service that gets those amazing coffee beans delivered to your door on an either weekly, bi-weekly, or a monthly basis. Unfortunately, we're all being negatively affected by this virus right now. With that being said, what a better time to try some new coffee and support a local business. I know they'll greatly appreciate it, and we will too. After all, using the code Empire Radio with a capital E and a capital R with no space at checkout, when you start a new subscription at WesleyAndrews.cc, you'll get 50% off your first purchase. I can't think of a better deal. Get 50% off, support a local Minneapolis coffee shop, and support your favorite Star Wars podcast. In the words of Emperor Palpatine, do it. You should just go do it. Don't even think about it. I mean, I, I, well, you should be fi- financially responsible and like maybe think about it for a second, but then you should go do it because <laughs> you get 50% off your first order. Like what What more do you have to lose other than your level of caffeine in your system? And that's a problem. You got you to gotta keep that up. So I'm a subscriber. I love every bit of the coffee that I've, I've had. You're not going to regret it. So you should go do that. Do it. Awesome. But yeah, so... Check us out on social media too. Uh, Facebook.com slash Empire Radio Podcast. We're also under the same name on Instagram. Yeah. So go check out those platforms to get updates and news and just fun, silly comments and videos from us throughout the week while you're waiting for the newest episode to come out and fun stuff like that. Yeah. But before we end this episode, um, we're going to do this uh, every weekend. A new episode will come out for the gallery until it's done. I think there's eight episodes. Is yep. that correct? Yep. And so there'll be yeah. eight, eight episodes of this podcast coming at you. So sit back, relax, and 
strap in and enjoy the show. So every weekend a new episode will drop out, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. All right. Anything else, boys? Nope. No, sir. All right. This is this has been the Mandalorian podcast brought to you by Empire Radio. I'm Drew. I'm Jeremiah. I'm Andrew. And may the force be with you. Always. Always.